0: Good morning, Burlington, and a Merry Christmas to you, and I am glad you're here, and I'm glad that I am here, and if Joyce and I look a little older, it's because on Wednesday, we became great-grandparents for the first time. <laughs> there he is. His name is Knox Michael, and I think he looks like his grandfather, great-grandfather a whole lot. And our kids are here. His grandparents are here. They are back there with Joyce. A lot of you do not know Joyce, and she hates this. I know, but Joyce, where, where there she is. Joyce, stand up and let so people can know who you are. We're going to be here for a while, Joyce. So, <laughs> so you'll get you'll get. And our kids are there. Uh, Lee and Johnny serve at the Woodland Hills Christian Church in Abingdon, Virginia and uh so we're glad to have them uh, here to celebrate the birth of their first grandchild and uh we're getting ready we're getting ready for a good good Christmas. If you are a guest, we welcome you and thank you for coming and we are glad that you're here. And I appreciate the invitation to be your interim. You folks have been so good to me. Uh, uh we 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 cleared this with the powers that be at First Church and so uh you, you folks are so good to me and have been, and uh, we just love you for it, and we're thankful for the opportunity to be among you. Now, I would like to invite you to come to our candlelight service uh, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. I hope we can fill this house, and uh, it's going to be a beautiful, quiet, meditative service, and I think that you will love how we end up our celebration of Christmas. And uh, invite someone to come with you. Uh, People will come on Christmas uh, if you ask them. Well, this Christmas series, we have been talking about I'll be home for Christmas. And we've talked about coming home to hope, coming home to joy, coming home to peace. And today we're going to talk about come home to love. And I want to read one of the great Christmas texts that's not usually considered a Christmas text. But I want to read one of the great Christmas texts of the Bible from 1 John, the fourth chapter. Now, I'm going to be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. It is the Bible that was printed by Lifeway, which is your printing company, which is your company, and it is a good translation. I know that most of you probably use the NIV. I've never been a fan of the NIV. Can I still preach here if I say that? (laughs) But I think you will like this one. I like it very much and it's a very good translation. So this is a Christmas text about God coming in love that we don't usually consider a Christmas text but listen as I read it and see if you do not agree. Let me start at verse at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love, God, love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that He sent He loved us and sent His Son to be atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we must love one another. Remember that. No one, no one has ever seen God. And if we love one another, God remains in us, and his love makes us complete. This is how we know that we remain in him, and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son into the world as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And that's the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, the whole meaning of Christmas can be explained in that one little word that we read about, love. You sent your gift of pure love to us that first Christmas, and love descended from heaven to be born of a virgin, and love lay in the scratchy hay of a manger in a meager barn in Bethlehem, and all your love, God, was robed in the delicate skin of a little baby who was wrapped in swaddling. Father, the greatest gift of all time wasn't wrapped under a beautiful tree in beautiful package, but the greatest gift appeared wrapped in the flesh of a baby and laid in the rough wood of a manger. And our perfect gift would be rewrapped in the scars of our sins and nailed to the rugged wood of a cross on Calvary, all because. Now pour through me the gift of preaching, take these human words, and use them to speak to us today, and give each of us just the message you want us to hear, because we pray to you in the name of Mary's baby, Jesus Christ the Lord, and all God's people said, amen. There's a lot of confusion about Christmas, and it's getting worse. There is a movement that says that The three wise men should have been three women. Have you read it? And they say if the three wise men were three women, they would have asked for directions, arrived on time, cleaned out the stable, helped deliver the baby, made a casserole, brought practical gifts, and there would be peace on earth if the three wise men were three wise women, and all God's people said, all the women said. So there's a lot of confusion about Christmas, but there is one thing that we do not have to be confused about, we're certain about, that love came down at Christmas time. Now, the truth of that is captured in a Christmas carol written by Christian Rosetta in 1885. And we really don't sing it, and I don't know why, because it's got beautiful stuff in it. It says, love came down at Christmas, love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas, star and angel gave the sign. Love shall be our token, love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and all men, love for plea and gift and sign. Love came down at Christmas time. And when love came down at Christmas time, it came so that we can first of all love our family. There is a big difference in being at home and being at home with everybody. There are people this Christmas that will be separated by thousands of miles, and yet they will still feel at home they will still experience the warm glow of hearts and feel at home because they are connected, even though they are physically hundreds or thousands of miles apart. That's what we saying about not long ago. I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. It is saying, I love you and I am with you in spirit. Now, unfortunately, There are others who do not feel at home with their family. And you could wind up having what I've heard people refer to as a Griswold Christmas. (laughs) That expression came from a 1989 movie, Natural Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Now, there are a couple of scenes in there that are bad. And there's some language in there that I hope we don't use. But the point of the movie is right on. And when I watched that movie, I thought, man, that'll preach. That will preach. There's a sermon in there somewhere. Because many people are going to have a Griswold Christmas. Remember the scene? (laughs) Remember the scene? (laughs) Peculiar Ain't Bethany. Remember that? (laughs) Peculiar Ain't Bethany doesn't have any mind hardly at all. And so they ask her to say the blessing for the Christmas meal. Well, finally, when she realized that's what she wanted to do, she, she repeats the pledge to the American flag, and then the, everybody says amen. <clears throat> so it shows you that spiritual things <coughs> have long been lost on the Griswold family. But Clark Griswold, who is played by Chevy Chase, he means well. He wants to have an old-fashioned family Christmas, but he does not know what Christmas is all about. He doesn't know how to handle it. Is it a family just getting together? They got together, and it turned into a terrible, terrible disaster. After watching that film, man, I am convinced that a lot of people may end up having Griswold Christmases, and I hate that. It means the boiling underneath, the in-laws had this boiling resentment against each other. It means that <laughs> your wacky relatives show up in a, in a, in a what kind of outfit did they have? Just show up and ruin your plans and the children in that movie. Oh, they're so sullen and ill-tempered, and you just cannot walk them through the Christmas tradition. And if anything can go possible, if anything can wrong, it went wrong for poor old, poor old Griswold. He gets locked in the attic, he falls off the roof, and the Rottweiler attacks him. And it is sad that many people will have a Griswold family Christmas. They may be physically together, in the same house, in the same room. In the same bedroom, but there is this chill in the air. There's this estrangement, there's this alienation, there's this hostility, anger, uneasiness, and most of all, a bitterness that is made more intense by the sacredness of the season. And it is so pathetic, and it is so sad, and so tragic. How many quarrels will break out? How many obscenities will be screamed? How many embarrassing scenes will unfold this Christmas because some family members just cannot get along? And it's sad. And isn't it pitiful that we can be at home for Christmas and not at home? The home is supposed to be the place of love and support and encouragement, not, not a place of hurt and abuse and, and uh, where we shun each other. At Christmas, it's bad to be separated by distance, but it is even far worse to be separated emotionally and spiritually and alienated from people that you love. If you have a family riff, just bite the bullet. <coughs> And make it right. Because Christmas is a time of love. And forgiveness. And peace. And reconciliation. Love came down at Christmas time. So that we could love our families. Love came down at Christmas time. As this text says. To show us. That we matter to God. You matter. Say it with me, "I matter to God." Said like you mean it. I matter to God, and that's what this text is all about. I heard a great story. A student at a university who signed up for a course in introductory ornithology. He didn't know not what it was, but he liked the sound of the name ornithology, and he thought, "Well, that'll impress my parents." He heard it was a very easy course taught by an old professor who gave a lot of A's and B's and C's. But after he registered, he learned that it was a course in the study of birds and that the old professor had retired and a young Ph.D. had taken his place and this young Ph.D. was just waiting to demonstrate his brilliance to his students. It was a terribly difficult course. And for the final exam. (laughs) (laughs) For the final exam, the professor put bird legs from the knees down in front of the class on tables. And the students had to identify the birds by their legs from the knees down. Well, this young guy, when he saw what was on the final exam, he knew he was toast. He was a goner threw his pencil down and said out loud, this is stupid and I'm out of here. And as he was leaving, the professor said, young man, what is your name? And he stopped and he pulled his pants up to his knees and said, you tell me, professor. (laughs) And he walked out. Now, that young professor, that young guy was successful in his protest because the professor did not know his name. All of us want to be known by our name. We do not like to be just another face in the crowd. We do not like to be just another pair of legs in the crowd. And in a world of confusion where people... <coughs> are lost and lonely we long to know that we matter to somebody don't we dr paul tornier was a swiss psychologist he was christian and he wrote a book called the doctor's case book and he speaks in this book of the extraordinary personalism of the bible he says this what distinguishes the god of the bible from divinities of other religions, is that he is a personal God who speaks personally to man. One is struck on reading the Bible by the importance in it of proper names. Whole chapters are devoted to long genealogies. When I was young, I used to think that they could well have dropped them from the biblical canon, but... I have since realized that this series of proper names bear witness to the fact, in the biblical perspective, man is neither a thing nor an abstraction, neither a species nor an idea, that he is not a fraction of the mass as the communists see him, but he is a person. See, Christmas is a much-needed reminder that we matter to God. That's what Christmas <coughs> is all about. He knows us. He loves us. Did you notice during the Christmas story, he appeared to the lowest and the least. The shepherds were the least in society. They couldn't even go to the temple, and they were considered unclean. But who did he appear to? The lowliest. Girl, a little young girl from a backwoods town in Nazareth, the lowest and the least. <coughs> all kinds of people matter to God. You see folks, <coughs> excuse me. If Christmas tells us anything, it tells us we matter to God. It tells us we are loved. It tells us God knows our name. It tells us God loves us so much that he sent his son to be our savior. See, the love of Christmas tells us that we matter to God. And people find that hard to believe. (coughs) I had an elder at First Church who was raised in the church all of his life. And he told me one time, he said, LD, I sat with my back against a pew for seven years listening to you preach before you convinced me that God loved me. And I would say, dare say that he is no different than a lot of us. A lot of us in this room this morning, you do not believe that God loves you. You do not believe God matters. You do not matter. If Christmas tells you anything, it tells you that you matter to God. Now, I know we have a hard time sometimes accepting ourselves. We we feel ugly, we feel inadequate. But Jesus came to help us accept ourselves and help us to deal with the way he he had created. Every person in this room <laughs> every person in this room has stood before a mirror and looked at her face and said, Whew, boy, I wish I had somebody else's <laughs> Or we've looked at our face and uh, you know, man, my nose is too long or my nose is too short or some of us look in the mirror and say, boy, I wish I had hair. <laughs> and some of us looked in the mirror and thought, well, I wish I didn't have ears as big as Dumbo's," you know. But Jesus came so that we could accept ourselves and to show us how much we matter to God. The love of Christmas tells us we matter to God. I read a wonderful story about a Catholic priest named Father Jim. Father Jim worked at an orphanage. He was the head of an orphanage. And Father Jim was a remarkable man. When the kids came, they instantly fell in love with Father Jim because of his love for them. They loved him so much that even when they left and had families of their own, they would bring their families back to visit with father jim but the most wonderful thing about father jim was this was the ability he had for accepting and glorifying in each child the very thing that that child hated about himself or wished he could change if a kid had unruly hair father jim made it seem beautiful if a kid had big feet and he'd stumble over his feet and the kids would laugh at him Father Jim would praise those big feet until they became objects of love. And all, Every kid wanted big feet like that. One day, Father Jim was in town doing some errands. And a caseworker bought a new kid to the orphanage. When they got out of the car, the kids noticed this kid had a terrible birthmark. Apparently he had developed an attitude to match his ugly scar. He got out of the car screaming and cursing at the social worker who brought him to the orphanage. And the kids all wondered how will Father Jim react to this new boy. Surely he couldn't find something good in this new boy to praise. Well that afternoon when his old battered station wagon rolled in to the home. All the kids were there to greet him and there was lots of giggles and and, laughs and as they met him lots of hugging and kissing. And they all were eager to see how Father Jim would react to the new kid who was standing over there by himself all sullen and looking mad at the world. Father Jim got out of the car and the kids fell silent. Father Jim looked over and saw the kid standing by himself. And Father Jim said, well, who is this? It's the new boy. It's the new boy. And they saw something that they would never forget the rest of their life. Father Jim walked over and said, well, 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 who is this? And he swept that little guy up into his arms, held him tight, and planted a great big kiss right in the middle of that ugly birthmark, and held him tight, and then kissed him again before he set him down. That boy soon became a model child because... Kids felt this was given to him by God as something special because it must be something special because Father Jim kissed his birthmark and that makes it beautiful. Hmm. I hope you'll think of yourself that way. At Christmas, God came down and kissed the very part of us that we despise. And made it beautiful in its own way. I think all of us know the feeling of inadequacy. All of us know the feeling of insecurity. But love came down at Christmas time so that we could be at peace with ourselves. And that is an integral part of the Christmas story. Now, some of you, some of you are not. You are struggling. There's this civil war that's going on inside of you, this tug against what you ought to be and what you're not. And it's constantly, constantly fighting each other. A- a- and you want to do what is right, but but you just just don't do it. I heard a great story. This guy wrote the IRS. He said, dear sirs, I've been cheating on my taxes for years. My guilty conscience is driving me crazy. I can't sleep at night. Enclosed, find a check for $600. P.S., if I still can't sleep, I'll send the rest. <laughs> are you a walking civil war because you're at war with yourself? If you are, you are in good company the greatest christians aside jesus the apostle paul speaks right to the issue that we face romans the seventh chapter this is paul this is the apostle paul listen what he said i don't understand myself at all for i really want to do what is right but i don't do it can you identify with that Instead, I do the very thing I hate. This is Paul. I know perfectly well what I'm doing is wrong. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see, the point is clear and full of Christmas. The only way that we can accept ourselves, the only way that we can stop this civil war is to be at peace with God and ourselves. Do you feel good about your life right now? Do you feel good about where you are? Christmas declares that we matter to God he has come to show us incredible incredible love love came down at christmas time let's do a little review i like my little reviews i hope you're getting to like them you can move around rest a little bit and think see you know baptists don't have to worry about beating the church of christ at the restaurant anymore they don't start till eleven fifteen. so you're in good shape all right If you can only remember my little review, then I've been successful. Love came down at Christmas time to tell us that we can love our family, no matter how difficult it may be. We can love our family, and to know that we matter to God. If you don't get anything else out of Christmas this Christmas, understand, feel it deeply. I can't do it. So let me just give it to you. Love came down at Christmas to tell us that we can find our place in the church. Have you noticed how strange it is who people who aren't in church are moved by Christmas? They may not know. I know Christmas is something big and special, and they know that it ought to be celebrated. Now, why is that? I believe it's because deep down inside, they have a restless hunger and longing to be at home with Jesus and his church. I really believe that. I have never fussed at people for coming to church on Christmas. I've never fussed at them. I want them there. They don't ever come to church, but once a year, and it's at Christmas, and it's Easter, I want them there. And if I fuss at them, guess what? They won't be there next year. But I want them there so that at least once a year, twice a year, they can hear God's love and redeeming grace. Amen? So invite your unchurched friends to come. But you see, there's something else. something else that we have to consider about the Christmas story is that God came in Jesus Christ not only to tell us that he loves us and that we matter, but he came also to start a new community called the church, a new community of people like ourselves. Called the church. I wish more people would appreciate the place of the church and God's purpose for the church at Christmas. Paul says in Ephesians that Jesus Christ came to die to start a new community called the church. Folks, the church it is the community which embodies the eternal purpose of God. And I I get weary of the criticism that that the church gets. This is God's family. We this is a foretaste of heaven. Do you ever think about that? The church is a foretaste of what it is going to be like. You need the church and the church needs you. You need to find your place in the church so that you can find a home in heaven. The Catholic Digest recently ran an article that was funny. It was a clipping from a church bulletin, and the person who prepared the bulletin had accidentally misplaced an announcement about a bus tour, and it ended up reading like this. Today's liturgy portrays Christ as the good shepherd. He will lead all people who seek him to eternal life. <laughs> and here it went, here's where it went bad. The bus will depart from the Holy Family parking lot at 10 a.m. I'm ready for the trip. Are you? (laughs) Good question. I'm ready for the trip. Are you? Secretary James Baker, Secretary of State James Baker, was an intimate friend of George Herbert Walker Bush for 60 years. And if you saw his eulogy to the president how emotional it was because he loved him dearly and the president loved him dearly they knew that the president didn't have long to live jim baker lives in the same community the president did they called jim and said jim you need to come jim walked into the president's room and the president said jim where are we going and jim said mr president we're going to heaven President said, I've always wanted to go there, Jim. And in a few hours, he was there. How many of you look forward to eternity because we have a home in heaven waiting for us? And if you feel far from God this morning, I just want to say, love came down at Christmas time. Love, all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. star and angel gave the sign. Love shall be our token. Love be yours. And love be mine. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for Christ coming to us so that we could come home to you. And I pray that many will come home to Jesus during this Christmas season. I pray, Father, that many will come home to the church this Christmas season and find